For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. Featuring a reimagined exterior with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and an interior built with robust materials and integrity, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. Its durability has been tested to the extreme while the cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 954. Uh, this is a very special episode, but I will get to that in a moment. Um, let's talk about the community corkboard which is corkboard at id10t.com. Send us your events. Let us know. This one is a little inside baseball, but it's our very own Jonah Ray, who will be in Chicago at North Bar, Friday, April 27th, Saturday, April 28th, uh, performing. Friday, the early show is stand-up, and the late show is live movie riffing. Saturday, early show is stand-up. The late show is a live Jonah radio with special guest John Jughead Pearson from Screeching Weasel. Tickets and more info at live at northbar.com. Uh, could be live at northbar. No, I think it's live at northbar.com. But you can also live there. Well, I don't know if you can live there. You can be alive there. Oh, homophones. Uh, so, Jonah Ray, I hope you have great shows in Chicago. And Taylor Lima writes, after years of Chris, me, yelling at you to do a thing. Grr, do it. I decided to listen and follow the advice and leave my comfy PR job for the less comfy position of self-employed dog trainer. My mission is to make dog training as fun as possible for both human and dog. I offer group and private training options and pride myself on using the most modern effective methods to ensure lasting success. Whether you're welcoming home a new puppy or trying to teach an old dog new tricks, I'm located in British Columbia and you can find more info or sign up for classes at wolfwhoshappy.com. That's W-O-O-F, who's W-H-O-S, happy, H-A-P-P-Y, dot com. C-O-M. I don't know going to spell everything now. Maybe I will. W-I-L-L. Um, this episode is Louis Anderson, who's returning to the podcast. Someone that I've known really since before I started even doing stand-up. I met Louis for the first time in 1996, I guess. And he's always been a dear friend and a lovely human being and someone that I've adored. And he has a book out called Hey Mom, and it's available wherever books are sold. And it is a – it's such a stunning work. It's basically a – you know, it's all – it's all like a letter to his mom. It's all about his mom. And if you watch Baskets, you know how brilliant he is on that show. And if you're not watching Baskets – his portrayal as Christine Baskets, I think, is one of the most beautiful, hilarious, and poignant performances on all of television. Legitimately, if I didn't know Louis, I would say that as well. Um, but we discover in the podcast, he talks about how it really is, you know, he's Christine Baskets is really based on his mom. And because it was about moms, he said to me, hey, do you think your mom would want to join us? Uh, Mother's Day is in kind of soon. 
And, uh, and I said, oh, my God, because my mom's a huge fan of Louis, loves him, adores him. So my mom said it on this podcast, and this is very special to me. I mean, you know, I had my dad on in 2012, um, and I hadn't ever had my mom on the podcast before because I'm an asshole. But uh, I have rectified this, and I was over the moon to be able to have her on, particularly the, the, this episode. And I got to say, she's really good. <laughs> Like, she's, you'll hear, like, I was impressed. I was like, she's never done a, I don't think, she, I mean, she's been a, been a guest on a podcast once or twice, but she, like, I mean, there were times where I just sat back and I'm like, mom's driving this one and she's killing it. So uh, I was very happy and proud to have her on. Love you, mom. And I love you, Louie Anderson. This episode does have a sponsor. That sponsor is Black Tux. Uh, so whether you're going for a stylist selected outfit or you're going to build a custom look, the Black Tux has tons of new suits and tuxedos to choose from for whatever your big events are, particularly with spring coming up. There's probably a lot of dance things if you're a younger person or wedding things if you're an older person or just I want to look like an international spy going to a bar types of things. So the Black Tux is always changing up their looks, making it fun to try out different suits and tuxedos. Even if you have your own suit, switching it up with the Black Tux is a great idea. And they have this new fit algorithm so you don't have to awkwardly measure yourself or ask a friend for help. They do it for you. Plus, the Black Tux free home try-on lets you see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. So after you're ordering, uh, the suit's going to arrive 14 days before your event, and returns are super simple. You wear it, then you send it back three days after your event. Shipping is free both ways. So stand out at your event for the right reasons with the Black Tux. Get 20% off your purchase. Visit theblacktux.com slash ID10T. That's theblacktux.com slash ID10T for 20 bucks off your purchase. Uh, the Black Tux, premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. And now here's the ID10T podcast number 954 with Louis Anderson and my mom, Sharon Hills. Hey, mom. It's the name of Louis's book. I'm also saying, hey, mom. Also, hey, Katie. They mm, roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. No official start to these. Yeah, these things, you know, they're the yeah. best podcasts yeah, is when they're just, just sitting around sitting and somebody down. says the real thing. So just to give everyone some context, uh, Louis Anderson is here in my living room and has written a book called Hey Mom. And then before he came in the podcast, I said, hey, what if your mom said on the podcast? Which delighted her because she also adores you. You know, and it, I... Well, I, I adore your mom. So people don't know <laughs> that your mom is a fan of mine. Huge fan. Which I'm always like, because comics used to kind of sneer at me in the back of the comedy. You know, like, I think it was Howie who might have said it to me once, Howie Mandel. You know, Louie, my my mom doesn't ask about how my career is going. She's asked how you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. She doesn't care about what I'm doing, but she asks about how you are. That's incredibly aggressive for a Canadian, too. Yes, Howie's, yes, that's true. <laughs> and for just, Howie, who's like the yeah, nicest guy. Too. He is, but I mean, I think he felt like my mom never asked me about how I'm doing. And I always say, 
Maybe it wasn't Howie either because I'm older now, so I forget it. Let's just say it's him. It's fine. He'll take right. it. He's a yeah, good. He's, he, a, good he's guy. a great guy. Yeah. I I always say Louis's comedy is very clean and he's hilarious. I know. <laughs> hint, I know. Hint. I'm so oh, I'm so ashamed of how dirty I am on stage. <laughs> I I really wish I could crack the clean joke, but I just my brain never goes there. I was just made for that. I just was a disciple of a bunch of guys who were. You know, Bob Hope and uh, Jack Benny and Johnny Carson and, you know, Jonathan uh, Winters, Winters and um, also Jackie Vernon, who was a beautiful comic. And uh, so I just and it fits me better. Like if I go, fuck you. <laughs> does that even sound mean? Does that, it doesn't does sound it, mean, but it's it hilarious. It's funny, but I, you know, you bastard. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'll kick the shit out of you. <laughs> I'll knock that funnier. F out of you. I can't even say it again like it's that. It's getting funnier. You, know, every you want time. me to cut you open and pee on you? I'll do it. It's not that it's, it's Listen, that. you might be onto something. I, maybe that's my new album. Will you produce it? I will. You yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Louie. <laughs> Going super blue. Yeah. Sorry, oh by the God. way, Sharon. I didn't oh, mean please. to go. No, have you seen my Twitter? Yeah, yeah. my mom. My mom's. My mom has a, 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 a. When she's watching sports, she's a very filthy mouth. Well, but, what's your team? What's your team, Sharon? Oh well, I have Can teams I call in mom? every sport. Well. All right, I'll call you, Sharon. Yeah, you better. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Jeez, I got to look. That was, that was ice cold. That was, mm, I don't you better, know. I don't think that, so. That was your offer's uh, too low. Yeah. A, your offer's <laughs> too low. <laughs> Come back to us when you're yeah. ready to Hey, drink. don't waste my time. I'm not ready for this. Well, at least it wasn't Fuck You, Louie. Yeah, yeah, which is a great new special coming <laughs> soon. Yeah, I think it would be good. Uh, um, who, who are your teams? Well, it just depends on which sport. Oh, you know, I love basketball. the Miami Hurricanes. Oh. Oh, that's my school. Got and it. I love everything about the Miami Hurricanes. Love UCLA. Love the Bruins. You know, love Louisville basketball. Nice. Um, you know, just I had Villanova to win it all. You did? Yeah. I, oh my but my God. other three bit the dust. Like early, I had yeah. Virginia and I had North Carolina and Duke, which you would think would have been up there Katie, what are they talking in a year. About? But, yeah. um, we're but losing at least, the audience. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> My mom, you know. But those it, are good. I didn't know all that. Thank, I'm oh. glad I know that. This was a very special, maybe, when's Mother's Day? It's, May, all, yeah. it's in May. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will be like, I don't know, if this, is this going up before Mother's Day? It's going up before Mother's Day. Maybe this will be like a pre-Mother's Day thing because your book is about... Mom and my mom is here. Yeah, and and I just thought, wouldn't it be interesting? Because my mom's not here. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book, so I could kind of talk to her. But one of the things that came out from writing the book is, I thought, wouldn't it be good? And, of course, I knew uh, I was lucky enough to be on your podcast again, which I appreciate. And wouldn't it be cool, because your mom knew me. Yep. And because comics moms are so important, I think. Right. Or one of the parents usually is so, well, both I guess in a combination. But moms are usually like my mom. Without her, I would probably not be this comic. I would not be as good, you know, because of some kind of the infusion, you know, that certain mix of stew that I was raised. I with. think I was pretty lucky that both my parents have good senses of humor, like both, but yeah. uh, but different senses of humor. Um, and uh, yeah, my mom has always been really funny and. 
and uh, and and also, um, you know, I was lucky to have very. I, I wasn't that. I wasn't a rebellious comic. Like my parents don't get me. Like yeah. my parents were very supportive. My mom, you know, always gave up a lot to make sure that I was taken care of and was got everything I needed and had a good education and you know supported buying me. Uh, comedy albums when I was like six years old, like oh, Steve wow. Martin albums, really and cool. you know, so she recognized very. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, that without her, I wouldn't have, I may not have pursued comedy because she recognized that I was attracted to Saturday Night Live and particularly Steve Martin. I was like, hey, here's a Steve Martin album. Like she fed yes. that addiction early on, and my dad went along with it. But I think, but it was my mom who you pretty much drove that, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. And, um, you know, my dream was always he would be a professional athlete. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's too, by the way. (laughs) I mean, I was like, okay, maybe tennis and golf, maybe not football. And I could tell early on it wasn't going to be basketball. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I just thought, well, and then I suddenly realized he had no passion for it. Yeah. And I'm just a believer in you have to let your child follow their passion, whatever it is. Thing, I mean, Sharon. that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, like my mom somehow used humor and kept me. I, I don't know. I think she just she deflected a lot of things that could have been really hard for me. But she protected me in another sense. And Sharon, athletes, they're amateurs compared to the uh the passion that comics have. Absolutely. I mean, because comics are just, you know, we, we're really almost sick with it. <laughs> it is. When I don't go, mean it in any, like... No, 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 no it's, it's true. Yes. And when people say, like, wow, it's... How do you get up there and tell jokes? And I go, I think I have a problem. Like, <laughs> I think it's a... I think I'm broken. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. a choice. I don't know if it's... A, if I could do anything else. But... but it's important to us. Yeah. Like, it's important to the athlete that he mm-hmm. gets to a certain place in the, in the athletic, uh, you know, is it Pantheon? I guess, Pantheon? sure. Path- pathological. But he, <laughs> well, he gets somewhere. In comics, we, are, we have to do it. It's some kind of sicko thing. You're right. But there's nothing, but it's so nonlinear in terms of, you know, how do you... I think what drives so many comics crazy is the way of a predisposition to that. But then also, is it's very difficult to sort of track, how am I doing? Well, my last show was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough people showed up, so I guess I feel good about myself. Oh, this next show didn't do as well. Where, where were all the people? We should not be the judge of our own careers. That is one thing that we, we really... Like, when we get off stage, our expectations in our head... You know, like, I, I, I can't tell you how many horrible shows I thought I had that people came up and praised me and said it was the best show of all time they ever saw. And I go, oh, come on. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> He's I've doing his catchphrase. I've never sworn so much in my life. <laughs> Look what we did. Uh, that is my friend's, a good friend of mine, Abraham. That's his fuck you. That isn't really mine. But I didn't know how to say it. Unless I use somebody else's way of it. But you know, that. but you're trying it on and it feels good. It does. It I, feels I, right. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? What have no, we created? I mean, you know, I think my, the worst my, word my mom ever said once was cat piss. That was it. <laughs> that was as bad as Aura got. Wow. You know, and I have to say, because 
We all love baskets so, 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 so much. Thank you. Thank and you, as I've said many you, times before, you. on paper, that show shouldn't work. When you go, well, Zach plays his twin, and one of the twins is, has a weird accent, and then Louis is their mom, and then Martha's really dry, and he wants to be a clown, but he's not, and they have a rodeo. And, but everything about the show is magical. And, and I imagine hearing you say that your mom was a master at deflecting. That's Christine. Yes. Christine is a masterful deflector. The Emmy goes to Orizella Anderson. The reason I won the Emmy isn't because of Louis Anderson. I, don't, I honestly believe that. I might have been able to sponge it off her. But all those little ticks and those nuances and the, that <laughs> purse, of, purse of the lips that she was so famous for, just among us. Because my mom was, you know, kind of like when she'd walk in her, she, I'm telling you, she always looked, she always had control of the whole thing. She was just so much more uh, in control of, I don't know what it was, almost like she had an atmosphere around her. You know what I mean? She was able to, like, I don't, I, I can't explain it. She had a lot of charisma. See, and I didn't know what charisma was growing up. I just go, Mom. When mom would come in the room, I would feel it. I would feel that. Just like my dad with his drinking, I would feel it. But my mom brought, uh, you know, more sunlight in and, you know, more of a, almost like some shade for how dark it got. Was she as joyful as yes. Christine is? Yeah, and every- she complimented everyone, which I thought was such a wonderful quality. My mom. That she would make everyone feel good. Like, and, and you noticed that. Yeah, because like I, my mom I, would say to you, Sharon, isn't it? She would do that. <laughs> Sharon. Now, kid, where did you get this beautiful jewelry you've got on? Can you give a gal? A, can you give a gal? A, I love an her idea so much. Where did you get it? Did now, all did all those little ooh? Because Christine is 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 overjoyed by everything. And I think it's, I ooh oh, oh oh we get to order all this menu. You know, like yeah. everything is like a treat for her. My mom made. The biggest thing out of the littlest thing. Yeah. Like she would say, look at that beautiful roast, huh? And I would think, you would never think a roast was beautiful. I mean, I might. But, I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, the joke was laying there. So I thought I should chew it up. But you know what you, you know what it needed? I fucking would have. <laughs> it's a fucking roast right there is what that is. But, you know, in baskets, the DeSante... Mm-hmm. Remember when the twins bring me a case of DeSante water? Yes, yes, well, yes. Well, I... Said, what can I do? I'm sitting there. We got, you know, we get a Jonathan Kreisel, who is really responsible for this journey in so many ways on so many levels. But when I was to put the water up, I thought of my mom and I went, oh, what, DeSante. She changed it. Made her her (laughs) own. Oh, this is a, you know, this blue. I'm going to put this up. You know, this would look nice just in a window and and its own. It's such a color. And that was definitely my mom. That was that was thought of the way she would do it. Same with the curly fries. She found, same with, we had little salt dips. We live in the projects. We had little salt dips that mostly rich people have that you dipped mm-hmm. the radish in. And yeah. my mom made a bait. These are from Prussia, you know. <laughs> and I go, yeah, so why? I would go... That's what I regret, being a little shit to my What mom. I think is so beautiful about your mom is that she had so much to overcome for you kids. Yeah. To have 11 kids. Jesus. And to have the pain mm-hmm. that 
you, she knew you all were feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that she somehow felt responsible for it, but really couldn't. I mean, in those times, how could you just leave and have 11 kids she and survive? Where would she go? she Where couldn't. Would she go? And I think she was always trying to overcome and she was always trying to make it up to you. And it's, it touched me so much when I read this book. I'm going to start crying now. Yeah. But um, that she loved you so much and she just wanted to make it up. So she wanted yeah. to make it joyful and she wanted to make it happy. And when you were talking about the the Dasani and mm-hmm. Dasanti and you picked it up and Jonathan, it seems that he allows you the freedom. I noticed that you said you'll have the script, but you'll be out there and all of a sudden it doesn't feel so much like aura. Right. So you so have to get back in line. And he gives you the good. freedom. Yeah. Where did she? When did your podcast? When start? is this podcast uh, gonna start? I think it's not. She's Moms. read the book. She's checked in. She's, she's making connections present. on the fly. She's it, engaged. It's really true, though. It, it chokes me up because you're right. Until you said that, she. I didn't realize it, but I'm sorry. She. Um, oh God. I'm so I know. I'm, I'm. Me too. She, like in. Um, the Green Mile, when he would take the pain out of someone else. Yes, yes. You know, that's and, how I see her, and it's such. Never, this is I such a tribute that to that woman and yeah. that mother and what she was and who she was. She was great, and I'm, I'm I, I get to honor her. How how many people with their mom not being around get the chance to play her? In fact. When I'm done with this part, I don't think I'll ever be heavy again. Oh my goodness! So, really? I know it's just a, it's just a crazy thing. Like I have this, you know, I, I'm really working hard on my health, and one of the things that I have been keeping this weight on for some purpose. I, I actually think this was the purpose. Oh my goodness! Was to tell this story. Was to, to play embody her. To, her, play her. to tell the story. Yeah, like this is this was the journey I was supposed to. I don't know if you believe in all that stuff, but I, it feels like this was the journey. I mean, if you were to script and in this for Hollywood and say this was the part that I was going to get, nobody would even it wouldn't make sense or believe it. Who would think I am going to play the part of Zach Galifianakis's mother in a in a absurd comedy? Right. How could that even? How does that play? How does that work and out? It's, and it's maybe one of the most magical characters on television, what? and most beloved. So sweet I don't of know you. anyone who doesn't love this character, and it's just. I'm sure my dad fucking hates her. it. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Dad. No, but but I, I I do think it's interesting to hear you say that when you're done with Christine, it's and it's not even it's it's the the spiritual weight of it and the physical weight of it to to finally just purge and to release yeah. it. So that's yeah. an incredible experience. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I just, you know, I've had the thought recently. I go, I can't, I don't want, I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to live if I don't make a conscious choice about my health. But also I don't feel the same need, the compulsive eating. I don't, I don't know where it clicked off in me, but I don't, I don't eat as well as I should, but I don't compulsively eat anymore. Can I make a guess about that? 
that I have in, one, too. <clears throat> then we'll both oh. take a guess, and then you can pick her. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. A very um, special moment when we return. But Sorry. So, so this idea that you've, um, in embodying this character, Christine, who is ultimately your mother, you've become more comfortable in your own skin. And in being more comfortable in your own skin, you don't feel the compulsion to destroy, to, to hurt yourself, to punish yourself. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with just you. It helped you discover who you are. Yeah, maybe you're exactly right. Mom, what's your guess? I, I love that. She, she's I love smarter that. than I am. Yeah. So no, she one thing, no, I like it. I, no, I, I like it too. One thing so I... So smart. One thing your son's I, so smart. You did such a good job. You know that, right? What I'm a great so guy proud. this guy is. He makes me look good. He makes everybody look good. <laughs> I no, get I'm a lot a of credit pain for... in the ass. This woman is, has the patience of a saint. Wow. This woman should be Maybe sainted. She, yeah, well... You should be sainted. Thank you. Thank you. We'll send that up. But... She's <laughs> <laughs> funny, too. She sent it up. Yeah, she's going to send heaven. it up. Yeah. Or to As the Vatican, it. one of the two. No, I... Didn't I, you just I, recently I, list that? Listen, I... I <laughs> <laughs> I go straight to the top. You uh, know what I'm saying? Yes, I got if you. I have a complaint about United Airlines, I go to the CEO. I don't bother with the the president. So I'll I go straight up to him. She's a doer, this one. one. Yeah, I love that, though. But, um, but I was going to even ask you if it was a real catharsis for you writing these letters. Yeah. I love the format. I, I think it's just a beautiful format, like Thank in you. letter form, and so personal. To your mom, but I saw in here a lot of guilt that you had. Oh, yeah. And it hurt me so much. Yeah. But I can tell you as a mom that when your kids do something and it hurts you, like inside your feelings get hurt, because people just do that, we don't feel it after that. Oh, we we don't sure? hold it, honestly. Thanks. I mean, I know, I, I read, I mean, the part about at the White House, when you went to the White House, and I know you've carried a lot of guilt about that, yeah. but I promise you, Orizella does not You're so sweet. think about that. Thank you so much. She really doesn't. I mean, I mean that my instincts were right about having your mom, because this is, a, you know, it's just so perfect. I mean, to have, she's a comics mom, and to say those things... And she's incredibly. This one over here, so sensitive. She's like, she's like the, she's like a, like a, like a mega mom. Yeah, you know, like her. She's like a Yoda mom. Well, this is this is type. This time, this is the type of person my mom is. So my mom has this real shitty cat, and this cat, (laughs) it's a shitty. The cat's an asshole. It just is. Yeah, it's a beautiful. She can't help it. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So this cat. There was a period of time where, like, my mom was like, I think Grace ran away. And inside I was like, fuck, I hope so. And, but with my mom, because she'll show up and she had, this is perfectly embodies. So my mom shows up and she'll have these gashes in her arm where the cat bites her and scratches her because it's a rescue cat. It's yeah. a beautiful little cat. And I go, Mom, what are you doing? Just open the door. Just let this, this cat is biting you. This isn't, you don't deserve this. It's my mom. She can't help it. She was not given. The wow. life she didn't deserve this, so she like just absorbs the damage yeah. and doesn't blame the damager. And I still listen. I still think that cat's an asshole, but this is a testament to like how Perceptive. maternal and yeah, how loving she yeah. is. That it is really like when you talk about unconditional love, 
this, this woman, I, this, I see it. I see it from her. Because I'm a huge pain in the ass. You know, you know the recovering addicts, like comics, you know, it's a lot of <laughs> it's ego. It's not we true. Gotta, he's such, lying. Such pain in the ass. And then no. she's just, you know. No, he's right, Sharon. No. <laughs> no, I go, I, I mean, you know, Sharon. I, I don't the, see it ever. So, yeah. I mean, I see. Well, the cat's biting you and that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We the very few people would have that like maybe you know after three times, but if the cat has done this over, it's, it sounds like it was as a traumatic experience for you. Cats and a rescue dog, and and you know they are her children, and when they when they die, it's very hard on her. It's very hard on her, and but I always say to her like you have to understand these animals. Where any person would be lucky to be reincarnated and be an animal rescued by you because they their lives are unfucking believable. <laughs> I mean, they have their own house. Basically, yeah, I mean, basically yes, basically yes. But you're not uh, mad about it, though. No, no. Oh, I used, you know, kids, no. I used to be really jealous. <laughs> you did. Oh my oh, god. Oh, he was god. an only child, and he was jealous of the dogs when he was little. He would tattle on the dogs to try to get them in trouble well, well they were well, looking he didn't at have me. any brothers and sisters <laughs> he called me from the other side of the house he was upstairs They're i was right. downstairs he oh, gets on the, no, the intercom mom mom i need you i need you to come up here it's really important okay i go all the way across the house up the stairs back to his room i walk in i said what's the matter it's the dogs w- what about them they're bothering me. Well, but what are they doing? They're looking at me, and I don't like it. Well, I didn't, and they wouldn't listen to reason. So I had to call mom in. I love that. To take care of the problem. Yeah. You, you know, um, well, first of all, it's really lovely that your mom is here, and, and I'm getting to share her with you for a little while. Oh, yeah. Well, it's she adores you. It's a really beautiful you. thing. I, like, like sending her that text... I knew how happy it was going to make her. Like, yeah. Louis wants you on the podcast. Oh, really? Like, it was such a, you know, she was so excited. Yeah. So excited. I, I, uh, I just, well, she already has made me feel I, I, how, how lucky you are. Because already she did so many sweet things in the short amount of time. Even before you got here, she, you know, mentioned how happy my mom was would be over all of this and oh so. she's so happy yeah you're so sweet Sharon. it can't be i mean i can't imagine i mean i literally can't imagine the job of being a mom and what it must be to have to you know keep it all together be strong be a rock but also have to separate yourself and let stuff go you know still love people that are mean to you sometimes and but still just have that unconditional i mean it's i can't even it's almost unfathomable to me does that make me a bad person that it's no. difficult to fathom no no not that, i all. guess that's just so specific to being a so specific to being a mom i mean and an know, only child that's a whole nother experience that unless you're an only a child yeah people can't because i've met only child uh only child people and uh but when you meet an only child i almost always immediately know that it's an only child Yes. Almost immediately, because they are only doing their thing, and they don't really—they have to be—they if they weren't taught to <laughs> know other people exist, they can be very, you know, just oh yeah, and they don't even mean it. No, They're just everybody's always done everything for them, right? And they haven't had to share one person. 
It's and so they of, just kind of are there. Um, does that make any sense? Uh, yeah. no, more than you can imagine. It's a challenge to make the child understand that you're everything to me. You're everything to me in this world, mm-hmm. but you're not everything to everyone else in the world. Right. That's exactly right. Because that's but all they to are. me. Right. There's and, no question. And my mom did that with all eleven of us. I know we it's amazing. Me. We thought, each one of us thought, she really thinks I'm the best. Oh, you did? Yeah, she was really good at it. it. Even when we were in the same room, oh, she just looked at me. She didn't look at me. I think I'm the favorite. But my brother Jimmy was the favorite. I just never would admit it. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, my that- brother Jimmy was, he could do no wrong. My but, dad was you know, one I love of my brother 11, Jimmy, so. 11 kids. Oh, really? Yes, one um, died when when my dad was a child, but he said... My mom had, after the one died, there were ten, eight boys and two girls. And he said she had ten kids, raising ten kids, and we were all spoiled. Yeah. She I would mean, make some people have this a, one Those Italians, one. they just came ah, over. You know, they they landed in New York in the early 20th century, and they just started this human pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's like, let's just make as many as we can. And they it's did. It's common. Italian, a lot of... Uh, Italians, a lot of big families with Italians. When I meet people, I'm from Seven Louis. Yeah, you know that was yeah. my Italian. The birth control is no fun, right? Am I right? Hey, fuck you! Hey, fuck well, you! Well, what the pull out? I, I don't the pull again. out. No, I stay is... here the whole time. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> doing doing justice to my family heritage. Oh my! Well, what? Yeah. So, is, did you ever want a lot of kids, or do you you wanted to keep it small? No, I wanted four. Whoa! Yeah, yeah I wanted four children, and ah, after after Chris, <laughs> that's right. Oh my I, god! I you're right. So easy. Holy shit! The two, do- you're totally the two dogs right. and a cat. That's oh exactly right. <laughs> and I have four. But uh, I um, fantastic. I lost my second um, my second little boy at seven oh. months. Sorry. And so you he you, he he wasn't seven months old. You gave birth at seven. That's months. right. At when I was seven months pregnant, he was premature and lived a day and a half. But fortunately, I had this one at home, and that kept me strong and oh. kept me going. And I decided because I had this wonderful father who taught me um, strength and faith, and so I just decided that. Um, he wasn't here with me, but every time Chris did something twice as funny or twice as cute or twice as naughty, I thought, that's Joseph in there. Oh. He, I, I always that's sense so him through cute. his brother. I do feel I there's that. both of them there. And so to me, that was the way that I dealt with it. You know, but she always feels it every. That. You yeah. know, he. She, I mean, he was only alive for a couple of days, yeah. <laughs> and every. Not, I don't mean that in a smug yeah. way, but I mean like he was not on this yeah, earth for more yeah. than a couple of days, and yet, you know, every year on his birthday, she still feels it. You know, forty well, some years, yeah. forty some years later. Well, you never do, but I. But my joy has been that I've always believed he's in there. That that I'm. God, I've been that. given both of them. It just helps me. I mean, I don't know. If it sounds crazy, is that I, how you get through something like that? Yeah, especially you're talking about in the '70s, where it's like was not an era of let's all get therapy or let's all take mood altering drugs. Or well, but all... I had a great faith, and, yeah, and you had a great father, and I, I, I did, and you know, um, 
your dad came in the room right after midnight when he walked in the room. I knew the baby didn't make it. Mm. And I just said, um, you know, call the priest. And I got through it that whole night. And then I was handling it so well that the doctor... Oh, oh, I just got a nice kiss. Thank you. I was handling it so well the doctor thought I needed to go to the psychiatric hospital. Uh. And I thought... Okay, you're the one that needs a psychiatrist. I know, you know, I'm going home to my baby and that I have at home and you know, that's you're just You're so strong. That's what Sharon. you do. That's but your strength you know, is just is just magnificent. Well, yeah, I I'm said, I said this I said this I on uh, in a post the other day that I've never and and I I wish I were more like this, but you know, my mom has been through a lot of tragedy, you know, lost child and all her you know her parents you know most of her a lot of her immediate family a lot of her friends and she's a singer so she would sing in the in the services somehow you know buried a lot of people and still you know gets up every day and has a okay let's you know still has a positive attitude like if anyone could just be depressed all the time. I don't think anyone would blame you with a lot of the stuff that you've been through, but it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. But I don't like that feeling. <laughs> you know, I feel like that doesn't mean that people don't, it I still know. doesn't mean that, you know, we're just, yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying is what, what I'm feeling is it's just so wonderful and it must be the faith that you're talking about. It is. And, but it's just like, you just, I mean, I loved your chapter about how you start your day every day now. Right. That you put yourself outside of yourself first. And well, that's real tough for a comic. It is. But, <laughs> for anybody. But that's a good know, thing to say. I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But that's how he starts his day, and I love that chapter. And, it, and it's uh, really important for me to do it. And I'm, you know, I'm just doing, I just have been really dealing with how selfish I've been. In so many ways, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, down on myself about it. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get to that next level, you know, of gratitude that I really need. And I think when you grow up in a family like mine, where when there's an alcoholic, one thing you learn how to do is you are second, because alcoholism right. is always first right. in the house, no matter what, no matter what the alcoholic is the other person in the house. It's right. like the whole world, like you say, is he, you'd walk in the house and go, is he drinking? I know. And you'd even know it. You could feel it. It was just so, you got so perceptive or or else you, it was just, you just believed the times you were right. And I don't you know, know how you mean? even get through New Year's Eve because Well, I'd always perform on New Year's Eve. I yeah. know. Well, my dad, my dad was a drinker and so my mom... Oh. My mom you know, she would. It wasn't. A, he was never abusive, though. Um, but it was. But it was a. It was. He was his, irritating, that was, but he wasn't abusive. But that was his outlet. Yes. That was his addiction. Yes. He just didn't yeah. have. Um, you know, his. He had the best coping mechanisms that he had for someone who had. His mom, you know, my grandmother was great, and she just passed away kind of recently. She was in her nineties. My grandfather was an asshole. And uh, but you know provided for the family provided food but he just wasn't a real warm guy my my grandmother was just a very much like keep the peace would clean up after his messes my, my grandfather and you know she was an incredibly strong woman way stronger than my grandfather was a man and um, 
you know, and so my dad just didn't have great coping skills. So he just, he left home to pursue a career at 17 to be a freshman. And really was just like drinking was just his coping mechanism. He just mm-hmm. didn't have a better skill set than that, you know. And the same story as my dad joined the service, made the, his stepfather or whoever that guy was who adopted him, that family, sign his induction to the service. Mm-hmm. And drinking was his thing because I think that, you know, until not that long ago, people didn't talk about any of this stuff. No, it was very heavy. Was, and, and, you go and, to the priest or you go to the, you know, you went to somebody, but you didn't go, you didn't talk about it. No, and that's why I think it's so good to talk about it because it needs to be normalized in the sense that it's not this thing that we have to tiptoe around and, right. oh, you're something really wrong with you. It's like, well, you know what? Some people have the defect, and it's and you can you can get through it, and it's okay, and you're not you know you're not ruined for life. It's just like well, it's just a thing you got to figure out. That's all. I think that you know one one of the things that is. I remember my mom. You know, sometimes I think my mom was just more stubborn than my dad, because you know he finally quit drinking when he was sixty nine, and my mom turned to me and she said, "I told you he'd quit." <laughs> and, and I and I just thought, what? I thought I was in a house of horrors. Media. I thought it was a crazy house, right? They go, no, no. I didn't say it. Right. I didn't know what to say. I was, but I it hit me like a shotgun blast. Yeah. But I didn't. It was a realization, like, oh my god, she, 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 she thinks that's why. And we went to one Al-Anon meeting, and my dad went to one AA meeting. And then when he, he said, I don't need no fucking meeting. <laughs> and he never went again, and we never went again. And that's, that was a really, that was a bad thing. We should have kept going. Right. But once the alcoholic again, he dictated, you know, our health and getting better. Right. You know, because it was a time. It was, you know, it was the 60s. Yeah. So you didn't just, you didn't, alcoholism, you know, wasn't as, you know, all those meetings. They were just getting going. Well, I think you. I hope that you let it go. I hope you. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like my the, father. I let. I. I oh, mean, yeah. I, not He's, that. I just yeah. mean. I just mean the guilt or any of the. You said, oh, I was such a shit or whatever. I mean, it's like, at least if that's even true, at least you've acknowledged it. You're ready to yeah. move on. Well, that's what, no. You and your mom, the thing she said right there <laughs> was magnificent. And it's just like, I am the luckiest guy in the world. I'm playing my mom. I. I played my dad in a cart in my cartoon. Right, right. I worked through that. I really did a good job on on, on forgiving my father. I really do forgive him, um, and and think fondly of him for the most part. And he was very funny. And my mom, I just needed to, you know, I played the, I'm playing her, and I just wanted people to know that, you know, people always say you're such a nice guy, but I wish I would have been nicer. And I think that happens. And I, I say it not just for me. I, I, I think always what I go through, I think people might get something out of. And that's, that's always the motivation because, you know, a lot of people don't like these kind of books. Right. A lot of people don't like this. You know, I remember I got Dear Dad, but I was supposed to write a biography, a funny, this is funny Louis Anderson. Right. And I got started writing the letters and then they got in People magazine because they did an article they did a cover story on adult children of alcoholics 
Suzanne Summers. And then I had these letters, and the writer said, "Do you, what do you?" And I gave him the letters. They got printed, and there was such a response. I said, "This is the book I should. This is the journey I should take." And the publisher said, "We don't want to do this." And then I went to another publisher, and that's how the book happened. You know, with my dad and that journey, I needed to take, and I got ten thousand letters. I still have them in boxes from people who had much harder times than my dad did. So, do you feel a? Res- I mean, is some of this a responsibility that you feel to let people know, like, hey, you can be okay, or appreciate what you have while you have it, or like, what is it that? You know, what is it that you want people to come away with? I want them to do what you said to me. I want them to forgive themselves. I want them to, to be able to take that. Because I think people carry all of it with them. And I think that's part of weight, too. It is. I think it's you carry that. You that. I think you carry all these things. I think they're protection at first. Mm-hmm. And then a, a shelter. And then a burden. And, you know, like uh, regret... I, I I don't know what I was listening to, and they said that, um, am, what was it, uh, ambition or something like that weighs ounces or something like that. But then they said, but regret, regret or regret. Regret. Uh, <laughs> regret. Get in here. <laughs> why uh, is that? Why? But regret weighs tons. And that really resonated with me because I think regret, and that's what I... You know, that's why I wanted to write it down. I wanted to do it. And you know, you know, I'm really I'm I'm really lucky. I I loved I, reading that in the book when you talked about regret because my dad always said, never look back with regret because that can really destroy you. And he used to tell us when we would screw up, he would say, Okay, did you learn from that? Yeah. And well, we say yes or what we had to say what we learned and he said if you don't do it again then you have to let it go. You can't look back and beat yourself up for it. You just have to say I made a mistake. I'm human. That's how I learned. What a dad. But when you what was his name? Jim Facenti. Yeah, he nice. was a great guy. Yeah. He was amazing. But your mom was kind of a pill. Well, she was a little bit, yeah, she was about, my mom died at 51. Oh, I'm so sorry. Very suddenly, she had uh, meningitis, and mm. in, in like 12 hours, she was, she was gone. But, but, you know, yeah, but she had her own inner struggles, too. And I guess that what I've tried to learn in my life is, and, it's, and it really goes back to the way I feel about the cat is that that little cat was born on the street and it was never touched with human hands. She wants to, she'll rub up against me. She'll put her nose. Everything's fine. As long as I don't go towards her. And I've just learned that having hands come towards her or I can't pick her up, but Mm. she'll lie next to me. She wants it, but she just doesn't know how to receive it if I'm touching her. And I just feel like that a lot of people, you know, that that's how it, you have to kind of look at people. Um, I have a lot to forgive my mother for, but I forgave her a long time ago. God, you're such, you're and like a sage. Because, no, because, because I, mean, I just so felt beautiful. like 
she wouldn't have done the things she did if she could help it. Right. That's what no I think about. No one wants my, to be yeah. mean. No one yeah. wants to be cruel. No one chooses to be an alcoholic. I just don't believe that. But that's an know? interesting point of view, though, yeah. too, with the cat and, and even with human relationships is because some people only know how to love how they want to be loved. Right. Exactly. But it's, it's a, there's a whole next level shit going on when you can look at something and go, oh, this is how this person or this thing needs to be loved as yeah. opposed to yeah. whatever i feel like doing that's a that's that's really so then there's a the so then there's conditions on it all so when right. you're talking about your mom unconditional that makes so, so much sense so much sense but the unconditional the unconditional love that's what really you're and, yeah, because because some other people might look at that cat and go, I can't pick this cat up. It's not yeah. it's a useless cat. Get rid of the or cat. I can't, I can't oh, this pick cat's it like, up. But to say like, well, this is how this cat needs to be loved. I will let I will allow her to receive the love the only way that she knows how. She's a better person than I am. I don't think I would have been able to tolerate that for too long. But oh, I, so I, sweet, sure. yeah, it is. Oh, can, can I? I, th- I thought of a riff. Oh to, yeah, to, yeah. So I'm going to try this again. This isn't going to work, but try it again. Okay, let's I wish it. I had said this before. Uh, and, and funny that it's about regret. But remember when you called regret in the room? Call regret into the room. Regret, regret, get in here. Oh, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> hey, come on, you guys, yes. fun. It's well, all I right. think you should re-splice it. I'll do it again. <laughs> regret, regret, regret. Yeah. Get in here. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> Scene. We got yes, it. Yes, we got yeah. it. Yeah, so, 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 that's probably the cleanest joke I've ever written in my life. That's I don't know. You know, funny. joke writing is really all done so quickly and then sometimes so painstakingly slow. Oh, like yeah. you might, I've worked on jokes, you know, for more than a century. Yeah. Well, it seems like <laughs> well, I just turned 109. You look great. Yeah. I meant decade, but you know, who can get all when you get old all the words aren't available. Commit to so, it. Yeah. Commit to it. Commit to it. Sounded yeah, good, didn't just it? Just commit to it. Century. Does that is that right? You know what? When Prince used to make a mistake on stage, he'd do it again. And then, yeah. then, then people would think it was intentional. So just just, you know, own them. Own own I that love mistake. Oh, I yeah. Love own, that. own own that mistake. But uh do you feel I mean, when did you lose your mom? In 1990. 90. Oh, wow, that long. Yeah, she knows all that. Yeah, she, she knows, she knows everything. 1990. Uh, Do you, are you able to tell the... I know it's hard yeah, because it took yeah. you to the end oh, of the book. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll you I'll tell can, the story. You want me to tell it? But the story at the end when you're in the, the hotel. Yeah. And the phone's ringing and you can't... You don't want to turn over and you look to the door. Well, I'm in a... It's the old gold medal or something gold metal flower mill mm-hmm. was made into a boutique hotel in Minneapolis mm-hmm. long before boutique hotel. Really, it was really, really one of the first boutique hotels. And so all the hallways were small and, and they couldn't do anything with the building because they were, you know, they have to keep the historical stuff. So it had, it, it just had a, it was a weird place. And I liked it because I liked the idea of being, thought I was cool, I'll stay there. And then, um, so every New Year's, I do a show in Minnesota. And I happen to be there doing a, a, mini, uh, a show in, in, in Minneapolis. And um, so I went to bed. I stayed a few days. So it was a few days after New Year's, January 4th. And I stayed a few days. And in the middle of the night, I heard the phone ringing. 
and I was facing the window away from the phone, and I just said, I said, what is that? And I just did not want to answer it. And we're hard sleepers anyways. And it was and, uh, like the hotel phone. Yeah, it was a... So brrr, like cell phone. Brrr, it just kept ringing. Ringing and ringing and ringing. And and ringing. Like uh, probably 25 rings. Yeah. And um, I finally turn over and the ringing kind of disappeared. And a giant form was in front of me. Just... Like, you know the thing that is outside of car washes and they have the guy? Oh, yeah. 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 You know that thing? Yeah. That, but more beautiful and colors I don't, I know that don't exist. It's the weirdest thing. I can't explain it, but something like, what is this? But I didn't say that, but just like, you know, but there was a warmth. There was a smile within it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was engulfing me without touching me. But it was it was big. It was big and bright and beautiful, and and the phone kept ringing. Then it came into the thing, and the phone rang, and I looked at it, and it was like you'd look at something and go, oh, like a little cat. Oh, what is that? Right? And I reached for the phone, and I picked it up, and my brother Jim, my mom's favorite, <laughs> said. Uh, mom died. Mm-hmm. And I go, what? And when he said it, whoo, it was gone under the door, like a vacuum, like a whoo, like Ghostbusters, uh-huh. kind of maybe. Well, I don't know. Ghostbusters was on by 1990, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So maybe that's where, but anyways, it went under the door. And I go, what? What? Mom died. And then he said, hold on. And he and ran I said, hold down on. the hallway. Yeah. And I looked down the hallway to see where it went, and it was gone. But in that second, I just figured that was her. Yeah. Was it su- Was it a very sudden thing, or was? Yeah, it- my mom always said, "When I go, I want to go like that." She She'd died. Snap in her, her car. fingers, and she died in her car. Had a massive heart attack, and just went like that. It was she was gone, and so I don't know. I you know I. I can still remember how how clear it was all was. And so, you know, I'm not really like ghosts and all that stuff. I don't really like think, ooh, there's a ghost. You know, I don't really think in those terms, but I oftentimes feel, you know, feel things. And I don't know if it's, you know, comics have unbelievable intuition from my experience. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you really did know I was going to say that because that, that you just would turn to a sheet of white, right? But um, anyways, that's what happened. And, and that was a really, and that's how I started the letter to my mom. I kept putting it off and I'd write these letters and I'd go, Mom, I'm too tired. Tell her something. And I'd go, I'm too tired. And I, it's too emotional to tell you about that, about day. that day you died. And so I just, it's a beautiful... It's, it, it really you know. is beautiful. It's a beautiful tribute. It's a beautiful... Um, it was a, it, as heartbreaking as it was, she gave you a beautiful experience. Yeah, and I hope the book the isn't too sad for people because I don't think it is. No. Because I really it, made a point of not being... Like my dad, the dad book is really hard because mm-hmm. it's so much sad stuff. But my mom, 
No, there, there's kept, a lot of light. There's a lot of light just like her in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it... You know, sometimes people can get caught in this thing where they say, oh, I want to feel better or I don't want to beat myself up too much. But, you know, letting pain go is really hard, especially if you've been carrying around for a long time. Because yeah. like any bad relationship, like any toxic relationship, it's very comfortable. You know, and it's like, well, who am I without that? Does that pain define me? It's so attached to my yeah, core being. How definitely. do I how do I let that go and exist? I mean, do you have advice for people? To- well, you know, a million people like I'll lo- I've lost some weight. And, you know, when you lose some weight, people, there are two responses you get. Oh, you lost your, some weight. Are you OK? And I go, I go, yeah, I'm okay. I meant to do it, um, <laughs> right? Oh, that's good. And then, then the second response, almost from that, is, well, do you think you'll still be funny if you lose the weight? What? Which is oh one of the God. most horrible things that's to hear bad. as a fat person, right? Because there's some truth to it. Name some of the actors and things that got thin; their roles diminished. I don't want to say their names, but people know who they are. You know, there are people who've lost weight, and they're never, in a lot of people's minds, the same. You know, and I never thought of my... I used to think, I am not a fat person. I'm a person who happens to be fat. I tried to keep that in but mind. I didn't comedy, play the fat your guy. Your stand-up is not about that, Well, to well me. ten minutes of it was I mean, at some... the very beginning, which really Let me move this mic stand me. so you can see me. It bra- yes, exactly. That, it I branded me. I need well. I had. I always did fat jokes for one reason. I did on the Tonight Show. On the Tonight Show, I said, "Louis, my friend." I said, "A friend come up to me and he goes, Louis, why you do all these jokes about being fat? That's no good." I go, you know, because if I don't, I don't want people to sit out in the audience and go, "Hey, do you think he knows he's that big?" <laughs> I remember that. And that and that was an important joke. I thought yeah. that was an important joke about not being that, not making fun of myself. Well, that joke, that joke serves the purpose of when you say like, oh, the audience might be thinking this, so I'm going to say this. It acknowledges a truth in the room at the moment. It gets everyone in the moment. And it opens up their minds so that anything you say after that, you're in. Right. It just, it's, it's sort of... It's manipulative. It, it, it is, but that's part of your job as a comic is to be able to disarm the audience as quickly as possible. And the more famous you get, that happens automatically. But if you're not... You have to disarm the audience as quickly as possible so they go, oh, okay, this person's paying attention. We're all part of the same experience. I'm ready to be in. I'm ready to like this person. Yeah. And that, that's all that is. But the thing about Louis' audiences, because I've seen him live, <laughs> is that his audiences are a little different. Ver- because they come there, they believe. Every one of them, because I sat around a lot, they actually think they're friends with him. Yeah. They actually know him. But, you they, know, they, they really feel, are in yeah. the sense of, of, you know, like I always feel comfortable with you, human beings, especially the ones I don't know. Right. And they, but they, but they, I, they love you. They love anything that you say. They, I, and, and you know what? They're not hecklers, but they participate yes. in your, right? Yes. They're not hecklers, but they're like participating. It, it is. It, it is. But I guess who I got that from? Your mom? Yeah. Oh, my God. She could make anyone feel included. She could. She just had that thing. I think it was a gift of hers. And yeah, it I was. was lucky enough, you know, to get it. And I used to think people were heckling me sometimes, like you say. No. It was but they weren't. There was a guy at Ballet's once, and he kept going, hey, 
And I go, what is he talking about? Louie. You going to explode? Oh, Louie. But he, I, couldn't, I couldn't put it all together. I go, this guy is not. And nobody could really hear him. The crowd could hear him around him. But he was just trying to go, Louie. It's right, Louie. You explode? You know, just like that. And I go, finally it dawned on me. He's doing my joke from the time. Night show. I go, I'm sorry I'm sweating, everyone, but if I don't, I'll explode. He's doing the joke. Yes. Oh, that's right. It touched him somehow. Yeah. It connected with and him. And he wanted to hear it and again. He wanted, he wanted you to do he it. He wanted me to do it. He was well, just super drunk and trying to connect. He was on it. Well, but I think the part of me, I think people know I, you know, dear dad, and I think they, mm-hmm. they want to reach out, and that's their. That's their reach out. They get really super drunk because I've had people where I've said to the people, you know, the security, I go, don't throw them out. I go, listen, Janet, come on. Let's just give me a little, t- you know, relax. Yeah. I can <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's the best. Yeah. Well, you know, his, his audiences true. kind of guide him to, like, they will tell him, They'll lead him into the thing they want to hear. Yeah. And they, uh, there was a group there from Family Feud when yes. I went last year in Pasadena. Yes. They wanted to talk about that. They're, I mean... Yeah, they're... You know, I, um, I think it's with every comic. I think you must hear it all the time. People yell out stuff. That's part of... Like, where they... You know, it's like Arrested Development. Where did my connection become? You know, it could be Family Feud. It could be Life with Louie. It right. could be, you know, and now it's Christine. Oh, I know. Love you, Christine. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so weird. Do you do anything with her on stage? No. Mm-mm. All I say is that, you know, listen, when I say somebody does that, I go, I'll tell Christine you said hi. <laughs> because I don't, like, I, even when I do my mom, it's not Christine on stage. Right. My mom thing was different because Christine became a real thing. Right. Christine became a really, became my mom if my mom were alive today. Because that's the difference. That would be the big difference. My mom, if my mom had the, were alive in the, these times, she would be acting like Christine would. But you have to know on some level that, I mean, Christine is a very, is a very, um, uh, uh, corporeal embodiment of your mom but sort of the way that you are i mean you know that you honor her that way right i mean like the fact that that these people who come to your shows and they feel like they're friends with you and you make everyone feel included i mean that you've been doing that for years just not so not as um, not embodied not as not as solidified as the character of christine but but that's you know that's sort of her emotional genetics have passed through, you know, like that's, you have been her for a long time. And I sense. have been her a long time, but when you put a wig and a dress and makeup on, I have become her. Yeah. And that is the difference. And I'm at their home in their TV set. Right. They're watching that and they, they are connecting with that character and they are, a lot of them are not Louis fans. Not all Louis fans like the idea that I'm playing Christine, I'm sure. But I don't see Louie in Christine. When I exactly. look at Christine, no, she, you, you disappear. I do not like, see you. Yeah. 
That's my goal every I've time. I've never is, seen you that's my in goal. that character ever. That You know, I'm just, I hate to, I try not to analyze it too much, except the only thing I try to never do is, is be Louie. I don't know if it makes any sense. Yeah, when yeah, you're Christine. Because I really, like, I'm really, a mom, when I'm on the set, I'm, I'm all mom. I'm all Christine all the time. Because I really want to, I don't know, I don't want to ruin it. It's almost like, you know, mm-hmm. if you did get to see God, you, yeah. you would really be a big mistake to try and reach out and touch him, I think. Right. You know, because I think that that, you know, yeah, occurred the- to me in the, to reach out to the thing and then have it disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, that was part of the whole thing where I went, you know, but I didn't know what I was doing, but I was definitely that, I, I, I don't know if I've imagined it all or I've made it all about go towards the light or what it is, but that was, an, that was something. And could it have been a hallucination? I doubt it. That's how I feel. Right. Like I, you know, you know. And to this day, because I did have an experience once. To this day, you can still see it as yes. clearly. Well, I keep looking here because I can. Because yeah. it was like that. Yeah, it was like right there. You and never I was forget like, it, and you see it as in it, all of its reality. Right. Everything. Yeah. And it's a. And I don't know if we're just mental. Because <laughs> that could be part of it. Right? <laughs> 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 but you know, listen, uh, Louis, if, if you it, kill me, if you know, as as my mom has said before, like, but if it if it if it brings you comfort, yes, to hold on to that, what's wrong with that? Like, there's nothing, no, there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, like, what did I see today? Somebody said this. Something I I don't know where it was, but they said some philosopher said, "Why wouldn't a human being believe in God? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain." Right, and I always say this, which is really I don't know who. It no was, one but. knows when when someone says, "Oh, this is what." happens when you die yeah uh you know i'm catholic they talk about purgatory i'm yeah. like you don't know that's friday night i'm, I'm sorry show. you don't know if what's there you only know when it happens to you so i believe out of my out of faith because that's what i want to believe i hope that's that everything i believe is true you know but i but i look at it this way if it's not it kept me happy in this life, so no harm, no foul. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, so what? But if someone doesn't get that comfort and they're wrong, they missed out. And that's that's just the way I feel personally. And I never put my mom. beliefs She's cool. and me, on me, anything. My, my, I never put my beliefs on anyone else. My, my version of uh, my version of the cat biting my mom's arm was, yeah. you know, years ago, being like because eh, I went to Catholic school. Uh, was being like, I don't know if I believe all of this stuff. And my mom was like, okay. <laughs> but but she accepted it, yeah. you know. And we don't, and I don't begrudge her what she believes, and she doesn't begrudge me what I believe, and I don't judge her for it, and she doesn't judge me for it. It's like, well. And that's how the world should be. It would be nice if it were. Yeah. <laughs> it no, but it really would be. Nice. I mean, I think. 
I mean, that's the reason, and I know this will sound corny, but that's the reason I like California. Because there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't, I guess hippiness about it, mm-hmm. or a hopefulness. That's what I used to feel all the time when I first came to California. I go, it feels hopeful out here. And I don't know if it's because I grew up in Minnesota and there's not much sun. I'm sure, I was just going to say that. Just Boy, your, your winters say. are like it's, nine months well, long. It's oh, terrible. Yeah. They have snow right now. They have a snowstorm today. Oh. But you know, it's, it's, that's not really a coincidence that you would feel that way because it's proven that sunlight, the places that have the most sunlight where people get the most sun exposure have less suicides and people are less depressed than, say, somewhere where the sun never shines, yeah. where it's raining all the time. They can't. I believe that we need we the need natural this. vitamin D from the sun. I agree. For our mental health as well as physical. And it's I spend... amazing you didn't f- turn into some sort of, <laughs> like, Marianne Williamson person. I love her. <laughs> I, who I love myself. Oh, but, I love yeah. Marianne Williamson. Yeah, I think yeah. the reason that she probably wouldn't do that is because she just doesn't feel like... It should be one thing. Well, and I, yeah, and, and also, like, oh, you know, I think it's her, like, not wanting to be a bother. You know what I mean? Like, not... Telling people like you should do this, or you, if you asked her, she would tell you, you know, like, but, but, she, but she wouldn't go out of her way to be like, you should do this, right? You know, no, it's I, like yeah, if you asked yeah. her, she would answer you honestly, but I don't feel like, do you, do you agree with that? No, I think well, you're probably except right I do that. give a lot of unsolicited medical advice, <laughs> <laughs> and funny. I have, and I have three friends who, if I told them to go outside and kill a lizard and eat it, I swear to God they would do it. And then uh, the rest of them are like, yeah, okay, but then they don't do Please it. Please try that just one time. Just try it. Just see, just wield your no, power. See if you can get someone to eat a lizard. They, just oh, they know who they are. I I have, I'm that. not kidding. Not, a, not, not too big a one, so it hurts them, but uh, no, you know, yeah, a small but, lizard. Yeah. What else? It, 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 uh, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I don't know. Am I, is there anything I'm not doing? I know you don't have grandkids yet, but you know. You know, I'm okay with that <laughs> because as she grips the pillow, I don't think I'll mention that on here. But <laughs> no, I seriously never thought it would happen, and I just and as I normally do, I am making lemonade. I just say okay. If that's how it is, that's how it is. I have uh, godchildren that I, you know, adore. Mm-hmm. And I... And I'm a new son. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Here we go again. I want to be... I want to... I, I mean... I want to be able to bite you. I think we're closer to the... Yeah, we're, we're closer to... Uh, no, I'm just... You know, my, mom, my, mom, my mom's got the... This is my physical I'm favorite. like your mother. I'm very vain about that. I know... I know Orizella was very, very vain, vain about it, yeah. and so I am too. So that's why when you said, "Can I call your mo- call you mom?" and I gave no, you I that didn't look. say, "Yeah, I didn't At say first, call you, you mom." I said, "You're my new mom." Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Well, no, how about a, brother?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, here's that's the thing, right. Here's the thing, right. my, here's the thing about my mom. My mom has this really great. I love it. I call it the passive aggressive sniff. Yeah, it's just a little affectation punctuation that follows. <laughs> Here it's we go. just like a little jab, where it's like, and and it, the the sniff follows the sniff. I heard, I, I felt yeah, I heard it. it. So yeah. it, but it, it generally it, it wasn't it feels, bad though. Generally, it feels like this. If it's, it goes like this, um, well, I mean, you know, if you don't, uh, 
If you don't feel like uh, having children, that's that's fine. I've got pets. <laughs> oh, did she really always? Yeah, the, it, yeah. it's always the because she did do it. Sniff right she? after. Oh, well, you don't have to. You know, it's fine. You know. You oh, there was a sniff. I know. I know what you're doing. That's so funny. That was the thing. Oh that's my a tell. Gosh. That's your poker tell. But you uh, are doing great. Everybody. Oh you know, my gosh. My God. You know, I always text them in about when I watch the wall. I because love those. Oh. He na- I never. I'm never happier. <laughs> when I'm watching him be so happy for the people on the you wall. You have to come with us for the I taping. don't know if I could be contained. No, we, I might come wait, up there. They Let can't. her have it. Give her the money. <laughs> don't take a million away from her. Damn it. You fuckers. <laughs> Look what we have done. fantastic. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just like I am telling you. No, I know. Like I, I know. I was a game show host. I know that. So, but, but, but wait a minute. This is they're so disturbing. I know it's some kind of he's guy. He's up there, and I go, <laughs> Jesus, he really means it. Yeah. He really means it. <laughs> he's gonna but you cry. You really mean I it. Do. It's just so beautiful, and to have that, and to be able to do that in this particular world is so hard to do, and still keep the job. But could I That's tell what you? I think. The very first taping of The Wall, we went into the trailer afterwards, and the people lost. They didn't win. And they were so, these two women, so deserving. They were from the Cleveland area. Their mom was their uh, pastor. They just wanted to help people in the church. They couldn't get any questions right. They didn't win any money. We went in the trailer, and he looked at me, and he said, I don't know if I can do this oh, show. Oh, yeah, it's rough. And I, and I looked at him, and I said, well, I don't know how to tell you this, but, you know, you've got a contract. You're, and he goes, this, this is making me sick. At first, he was so upset. Oh, yeah, the, the, the knot in oh, my, my stomach. That's what I mean. I know. Because I know he cares. I know you care. Oh, because we spend like three hours. Like the, right, with the people. I know, episode. but it means then, that you care so and much. And then we, so have this, we have this area that they cordon off that I'm like literally right behind the wall. And there's a black <laughs> curtain around That's it. That's really funny, right? And there. we sit in there, and there's a direct feed to the stage and everything. So I'm in there most of the time it, when I go. And he'll come in during breaks, and I swear one day he walked through that curtain, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and exactly the same time we both said, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> I rough. I mean, we get so... You, it's, but, it, but I think that's also part of, um, you know, when I sort of think about, uh, well, you know, why I used to drink or why I become obsessive or whatever. And, you know, I think my mom taught me so much empathy to the extent that I it's I feel, probably unhealthy I, I, I absorb <laughs> I absorb so much that it's like sometimes I and I think a lot of a lot of drinking or distracting myself with work or whatever is like I just can't feel all that I can't watch drama I can't watch like really heavy dramas they stick with me for days I'm so just do, I'm just too much of a sponge do you think it's the empathy that comics. I don't. I, but I feel fed like it's, with. I mean, because I think it's. I mean, that's a really good. I mean, that's interesting. And I, I think I think comics have a predisposition to their. You know, we're sensitive to the world. Like we notice things. Right. We have sensitivities. We notice emotional exchanges. How people like how things work. Why things work. 
but that sensitivity is literally sensitivity. Like we're right. overly. We're, we like get we're the, almost connected. We get to the it. bad sides of sensitivity too, where we get yeah. our feelings hurt really easily, or yeah. we get upset about dumb things really easily. So when I say empathy, I don't mean it like I'm such a caring person. I mean like I think it's almost detrimental. <laughs> I, how think, much, I think you're right because I, there's a. Let me ask you if the, if you think this is true. I, sometimes I feel like there is an, a there is almost a and maybe this is an Italian Catholic thing, almost a little bit of a guilt economy in the sense where. Someone shows you they care by feeling what you're feeling, which is nice, but it doesn't always help you. It doesn't always make you useful in a situation. Like if my if Lydia is upset about something, I'm like, well, now I'm really upset about it too. Like, well, now I'm not helpful because I'm yes, feeling so yeah, much exactly, of what she's right, feeling. Yeah. So how do you make that separation, you know, and not? I, I don't know. I think I it's something that I learned from my dad that, when somebody else, I mean, you want me in a crisis in the moment, yes. But the, when it's over, that's when I'm. That's when it really hits me. But right at the moment, you know. Do you um, think you got there then when you kept doing the show? That's Mike. Do you think you were able to get where she's talking about? You want me in the crisis. You want me not to take it all so personal. Well, I do. Yeah, I do. I do when I go back in the yeah. trailer. But I just, you know, with the wall, and we don't have to talk. I don't mean to make this about my show, but yeah, but, but with, with the wall, I realize like every show's a little bit different that you do, and you kind of go, well, what does the show need? Right. You know. Okay. What I think this show needs is the contestants just need me to be there. I need to be there for them in any capacity. Does that mean I'm going to help them get through when it sucks? I'm going to celebrate with them if they need to pick me up and throw me around. I'm, ju- I'm a therapy doll for them, basically. And I realize that I'm just a therapy doll for the contestants. And oh, by the way, everyone else can watch at the same time. But I just, that's my function is to just be there for, for them. But yeah. yes, afterwards, when it does, you know, like, yeah, I do. I, I really do. I feel it a lot. I really do feel that. But I don't know if that's selfish, though. Is it selfish to feel no, that much? I, I feel like the entire audience no. and the And I don't mean for the wall, but I mean in feels... general, is it selfish to be that much of an emotional sponge? No, it's just dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah, that's what you hit that healthy, on the head. But... And I, you may not even want to have any of this in there in your podcast. You may not want to. No, 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 no. I'll leave oh. it in. But I just mean I don't want to. I, all I was saying is I don't usually watch many game shows, but when the wall when I, you know, I have them DVR'd, I'm a, I get, I can't, I can't watch it too close to bedtime. <laughs> it's like a man, I'm like a mental case. You know, if you watch, you can do the afternoon me. better in the afternoon. When it's I'm light good. outside. Yeah, light out. I'm going to, I got a guy here. You know, you always, you just call, call me and go, hey, and I'll go, hey, everything's okay. And you'll go, okay, great. And then you can. No, I know this. everything's okay, but I went on the ride because. I mean, I think that's what's so great about the show, and I bet a lot of people feel that. I that think joy people that you needed um, something—a positive show. The contestants always love each other. Right, they're there yes. for each other no matter what. It's a beautiful story. Um, the host really cares. The audience really cares. Um, they can win a lot of money, and even in the end, when they lose. They're still, they always say, we have each other. Right. I think that's what the show is about. Right. That no matter what, a lot of money or no money, we still have each other. And I always think that's what the show is saying. Well, they pick the right people. I think they have the best casting people in the business. But I also also think we should, 
you know, because we really play, we really people who come on and we go, these are good people. These are yeah. good. These are no, empirically they, yeah. good people. You can see they do this and this and this for community. But I think it. But I would like to do on the show at one point is um, bring on people who have. Um, Prison records, or or maybe made bad. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of that idea of maybe a second chance, a second chance. Like maybe maybe they maybe they lost everything because of their addiction, or maybe they made bad decisions, and 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 really showing people like, hey, you know, it doesn't just it just because you haven't built a community center doesn't mean you're not a good person. And can we can we accept people and not just throw them away when they make mistakes? You know, can we show people like? Hey, you can come back. You can overcome stuff, you know, because if Because that's hope and well, everyone needs hope. Yeah, and, and it would have been very easy to for me to get thrown away, you know, when I was in the depths of addiction. But Over I was able my dead body but I was that able have happened? To, I was able to come back. Was your mom um was your mom a fixer in that way? Yeah. Like was yeah. she she, she I mean, I'm answering like I was there Yeah, all no, along. but she's read the book. Like, I, I, mean, I tried to put everything like that in there. She she was to the detriment, like you say, mm-hmm. the fixer to the detriment, the empathy to the detriment. Like sometimes it would have been good. My dad said, you should get off your ass and exercise and take care of yourself, Louie. But I couldn't say to him, well, you know, you've, you've destroyed me. So, or I was using an excuse. I don't know. I mean, it's very complicated when it gets in that, that thing. But I think, yes, my mom was able... Uh, to make, to fix things. And I think I'm a fixer mm-hmm. too. I hate when there's, like you do, I hate when somebody's upset. I want to fix it. I don't want to just, I want it to be, I want you to be happy or I want to be, then I'm upset. If, if, so I think, I think that, that too much empathy or too emotional, I don't think is as good as, you know, uh, just like I don't think no emotion is, is any good. Right, but that middle ground is what I think, especially comics are trying to get to, and I think that has to do with a lot of success. I do think success does even out a lot of it. You know, I mean, if you take it, if you take it and add the gratitude to it, and do the work, and you know, pray and do the things that you know nourish you, I think, uh, you know, I think they're all important, and I think loss plays a big part in it. I had a lot of loss in my life with my brothers and sisters and my parents. So I think loss is the thing that wakes you up to a lot of things. To appreciating things or to... And to say, like, hey, life is not infinite, except in the spiritual way. It's finite. And I think you have to realize that. And I want to... I've had so much joy doing Christine. Um, I think I should take better care of myself so that I can continue that joy... And I don't know how that plays out if it's just time and you get, you you know, like if you keep trying to fix something and you go, well, it's just a lopsided table. Yeah. And it's a really nice table, but it's yeah. lopsided. Well, who cares? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. That's kind of. No, that, but, but do you but, think that because, you know, what I've. Lopsided Louie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. This fall, special. lopsided Louis. Lopsided Fuck Louis. you. My comedy special that's out also is called Big Underwear. So I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's well, you right. know what I you know talk to people about like I feel like there's there's so much emphasis on telling people that they need to lose weight, and it's like, but that doesn't you, your weight doesn't define you. It doesn't make you a good person or not a good person. It's just the question of. 
you know, are you feeling healthy and are you making healthy choices? That other, that's just a yes. side effect. Yeah, that's just a side effect. Yeah. But it, my feeling is it's no one's business anyway. Even if you're not feeling good and you don't feel healthy, I can't stand it when people go, well, I just want to help you feel better. I just want you to be healthier. That, that's selfish talk right what there. What damn business yeah. is it of yours? If someone asks you... That's there's, right. There's that's a difference between when people just say whatever the fuck they want and they go, well, I'm just an honest person. You're like, no, no you're an asshole. That's right. An honest person answers truthfully when asked. An asshole decides that everyone should just have to listen to whatever the fuck right. they feel like telling them. Except yeah. for my unsolicited medical advice, but it never has to do... <laughs> do the sniff. Uh, but it never just has... trying to help. It never has to, to do with anyone's weight or what they yeah. should do or anything. No, it's just like, if I think you're getting a cold, I'll tell you something to take. Right. If you're getting the flu, oh, take this. I know this. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, my God. It's so... But one thing, just to, to tap on that with the weight, the weight is not what I'm talking about as much as the compulsive eating. Right. So the compulsive eating could make you morbidly obese, which it eventually will destroy your health. Right. So, but it's the compulsive, you know what I mean? It's any compulsive behavior. Any compulsive drugs. Any, any so my, my food's a, an addiction for sure. And, uh, but. The, but because God is, you know, helping me, I do not feel I'm not eating compulsively, which is really the key. And you to, can you feel a difference in in it now? Yeah, I don't. I feel a difference because I'm not like right now thinking I'm gonna. I got to get something to eat, right? Or you know, because we've gone through a tremendous amount of emotions, right? In what we've done right now, yeah, all this stuff. I mean, and you don't have the urge I, and, to. No, but I have a lot. I have. I go. Was this? Was I, should I have sworn in this podcast? <laughs> yes. No, but you know what I mean? But that is part of the whole Christine thing is taking chances. Because I think, you know, one of the reasons that I was a comic who worked always clean was, well, that's it. It's safe. And I know I'll get a job and right. it does fit me well. And I'm really funny clean. But, you know, maybe I would even be funny or dirty. But I think Who there's knows? a difference between swearing and filthy. Yes, of uh, course. It's the, the content, Richard Pryor effect, I call there's, it. There's content that really bothers me. It makes me uncomfortable. Right. Um, but the swearing part, it, they're just words. I mean, I don't, it doesn't really. Yeah, they're just words. I, I agree used to with be you. much more of a prude about it. I never swore, you know, and then, um, and then I just realized it's, it's, they're just words. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I mean, I think if the words have intent, like Chris was just talking about, if the person's an asshole, they're an asshole. Right. Yeah. They're not just being truthful. They're right. just assholes. That's right. What right. they're saying is wrong and mean and uh, uh, cruel to somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and usually in comedy, there's a victim. So my victim was mostly me and my family. Yeah. I think in a lot of cases, you know, and I think it was easy to shoot at that gallery but, the, you know, I think that I was skilled at not hitting people's hearts. And so I think that that's what I was good at. But I, I'm not sure I was as good as I could have been. I could have been nicer. I could have been more loved. You know, I always think of those things. Have you ever but, heard the song Barbara Streisand sings about if I had changed a single day, what went to miss or went astray? Right. I may have never found my way. Yeah. 
And then I, have, I do not know that song. Okay, but, but she I got talks it about that little the lost you. opportunities or the missed chances or a lost love or a, a turn that she didn't take. Yeah. And so I think if you don't look back and say, if I... If only I had done this, if only I had been nicer, you wouldn't be where you are no, today. I agree. And I've got to say that they always say that you never know when you're going to peak in life and it doesn't have to be when you're 20 or 30 or 40, but I really believe that you have come to this place and I think your angels are all around you, Christine, so and Thank you. and I mean Christine. <laughs> See, now I'm even calling Orazel or Christine, but um, and and I and Tommy, who yeah. I know was your best buddy and your best friend uh, sibling. But I just feel like you're at that point now where the greatest things are opening up for I agree. you. I think and that I feel it. I think this is just the start for me. I hate to be like that, but no, I really but feel like hate I, to was be getting, like that. I was you, getting ready for this. And here it is. Yeah. And if any of those things had been different, no, I you agree. might not be where you are. Yeah, those oh should I have done this or should I have yeah, done no. that's just that's all weaponized right. self loathing, you know, well, but like I trying think to attack what, yourself. I think yeah, and the, you're right. And the, I I agree with all that stuff. And I, I only know that because I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very familiar with that dialogue. <laughs> I'm very familiar with it. I'm I very think that the it. end result is what I think the book is done. I feel mm-hmm. a tremendous uh, relief that it's finished because it's hard to write 65,000 words, first yes. of all. You know, I don't know how I ever agreed to it, but um, it's so many words. I was making up surveys in the middle of the book. What about if we <laughs> did a survey in the middle of the book that would take up 10 pages? What about a fold-out yeah. section? What about a thing where I just repeat half of my act in the book? <laughs> that would be about 100 words. Um so anyways, I think what I, what I always like is that the book might help the person that was in the position I was before I was mean to my mom about a certain situation. Mm-hmm. To stop them. It's like your just time machine them, of yeah, going back in time. For them, not and, for me. No, but that's your way of that. helping yeah. to make a different choice. You're, yeah. You want someone to make a different choice. Like right. if this makes somebody, like, I'll just give you the best example of Dear Dad. I gave the book to a lot of people. Because I, when I, especially when I knew that things weren't good between them and their kid, I purposely would do that because that's who my mom was. So Evil Knievel was a fan of mine. He'd come to my shows. Loved him. I loved him, too. Loved him. There was something about him that was just unbelievable. So the last time I saw him, he said, hey, because I gave him a copy of Dear Dad. He said, hey, your book really helped me. I'm talking to my son, and we're... Robbie. Along. Yeah, with Robbie. And we're getting along great. And that was really That important. made everything. Well, it is right. because if you... Everyone experiences some... Everyone experiences whatever their own tri- trials are. Right. And it feels, it feels like it wasn't for nothing if you can pass that down and just go here... Take this and do something with it. You know, you learn from it if you can. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard because people. Yeah. It's, they just they need to learn their own way. Yes, of course. But I guarantee you, 
that you know a percentage of people will read this book and it will change the course of their lives and then that feels like oh my god everything i went through all of it it was worth it because it you know these people yes. it was worth it for one person having a better relationship with somebody that will matter it will matter it will matter it mattered that evil and robbie in my opinion, or or Jim and and uh, Cindy, right? You know, two people who, you know, I don't know, connect again, connect. Well, it allows you to forgive yourself too, because you you in a way you, I really do believe that you feel like I'm getting to go back and make a different choice through these other people that hopefully will make a different choice when faced. And because it, it's so easy with family to take it for granted or be like, oh, but you know, just last night my mom asked me about something. I was like, what? Fine. And she's like, you don't have to. And I go, I'm just, you know, it, well, it's because it, yeah, it's really weird. But so my dad is being inducted into his high school's Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I can't go to it. It's in May and I can't go to it. And so they said, well, will you send a video? And my mom's like, she called last night. And she was like, are you going to send a video? I'm like, yes, I'm going to make it. And she's like, why are you so upset? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'll make it, you know. And then I texted her afterwards and I was like, that wasn't your fault. That was my fault. And I said at the core of it, I'm just really sad that he's not here to accept. But I totally knew that. And I so totally it was just all defensive, like, like yeah. ah! And, it, and it's so strange to me because I should be very happy. And I no, am happy. Yeah, I am but, happy. Yeah. He would have loved this. But it makes me very defensive because it just reminds me of, like, he's not here. And so, you know, but she was cool enough to be like, I know. Like she took but what, that, I, what she, I I bit her on the arm and she was sweet about it. <laughs> but what I tried to say is that's your grief and those are your feelings and they're not wrong. Yes. So if that's how you're feeling, that's that's okay. That's the name of my next book. <laughs> if that's how you're <laughs> that's your grief and uh, that's, that's your, your feelings that's and your you're fucking not grief. wrong. Yeah, you know that's how, your fucking feeling. You know how in every, you know how in every good book there's a little, there's in every good book there's something that leaves you wondering about one thing. Yeah. I wonder about one thing. Sure. I wonder what happened to Mia. I know. Mia. I think of Mia. I just want to find Mia now. I know. And you know. Mia was a, a, a girl that he met in the airport. I mean, I, she, I, she was, you know, I hate, she was morbidly obese mm-hmm. and she was young. And mm-hmm. I thought pretty, very pretty, but maybe I could, maybe I could connect and steer, you tried. You steer. tried. Well, I think I did. I think on yeah. some level, I think when two people who are big, mm-hmm. you know, when you're fat and you talk to another fat person, there's an understanding. Don't take my food. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to break the tension. Uh, there it is. There's the, there's the defensive armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there oh, it is. my God. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> You're not going to take me. Grief. You're not going to uh, take me down. But um, <laughs> there's an understanding that there's a common suffering that, they bo- that both of them share. And so I was just, I was trying to connect, but I didn't want to be, she seemed young and 
she had it, you know, and, and she's, and I remember that. I would have felt the same way. Yeah. And I'm glad I did not pursue her. You didn't her. push. I didn't pursue her, but I know how I am. Maybe she'll read it. Or maybe some other Mia will read it. Yes. And maybe, you know, and if you know this, Mia, and you read the book and you know it, don't tell her that that's in the book because right. that's the cruelest thing and even worse because it might not be the right Mia. You know what I mean? Oh, no. You know, so look at, you know, but you know what I mean? Like I still can see her getting on the escalator and going down and just thinking, don't just get, stop. You're not going after her. You know, there was two connections. Sure. And I just said, you can't do this. First of all, you don't have the time and you're not the you may not be the right person to help. Right. You might and and you know Louis, you just need to work on helping yourself and that will have the biggest effect. And you know that all sounds good, but you know the desperate part of myself wanted to run after her. But she go, got through the flight, she was scared to fly and you yeah. saw her afterwards and you said, "Oh, you made it." Yeah. So, I'm sure it comforted her. I hope so. I mean, you know, I wanted to put my arms around oh, her I and know. go. Oh, I know. I know. You know, Mia. hey, I know I've been there. I've been there. What's I'm the there. best sort of as we're wrapping this up, like your best your best kind of mom? Like what's being your best mom? Like what is the best advice if you're a mom? Well, what's the best what's or the best with advice that you ever you know, that you ever took away from your mom or something, like just as a way to pass that through, you know, have her live on more? Like what was, what was something that you always go to with her that you think about? A way that she lived or something that she said or something? You never know what kind of day somebody had, so be nice to them. Perfect. <laughs> and I hated good. that when she told me it. I know, oh, but... Sure. You know, yeah. that, that teenage but that kid. guy's an That's asshole. Stupid. He's taking up two spaces. That's the dumbest thing you ever said or something yeah. like that. I don't know what I said. I'm I sorry, know, Louie, but maybe his dog died yesterday. Yes. but He's grieving then, inside. There she is. Yeah. My mom incarnate. You know, it's really true, though. Like, I, I, I take that with me more often. Like, I'll get mad at somebody, and I'm really, and I, and I just turn into my dad. Yeah. Hey, don't tell I just get mean. I know I have a mean side because I grew up in an abusive household. So I know I can be really mean like my dad. And so I really feel bad after I'm mean. But mostly I'm able to stop myself and go, Louie, come on. You don't know what kind of day this person had and that's why they're acting that way. Don't take it personal. They, they don't know who you are, don't know what you want or what you need. Stop being so selfish. Yeah, and that takes more effort than just going writing people off and just being dismissive and going, I oh, was yeah. a fucking asshole. <laughs> maybe, but maybe, maybe they, you know, maybe they lost something or maybe they're, maybe they're not happy in their life or maybe they're not where they want to be or maybe they had a shitty morning or something, you know? Yeah, I always feel like, you know, like uh, there's so many great comics who never got a break that deserved a break. I've always felt like, you know, this person's so funny. And I always, and I come from that thinking of, I'm the luckiest person in the world because I got the break mm -hmm. because I was likable and because I was this, because of whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I, I always feel like, um, I always feel like 
there's not justice isn't measured. It's just what people like, they like. And there's right. nothing you can do about it. No matter how hard you try, you may not be able to make the public like something or like what you do. And I just got lucky. Honestly, I just feel like I got lucky. Well, I mean, I also think people engineer their own luck in the sense that you worked really hard. You were very aware of, you know, the choices you were making and what you were doing and paying attention to your audiences. And so things that might feel like luck to you or really maybe even subconscious choices that you were maybe. making. I worked really hard. You I mean, worked I, really hard. I did work really hard. I mean, hard. anyone can get a break, but people who were successful over a long period of time, that there's not a, that's not an accident. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it, the fact that you were aware enough to recognize that there was a chance for Christine to be this vessel for your mom and to be and, and that and I think that's why the character is so great is because it's just so authentic. You can't write that I mean, I know they you know Karen Kilgarefork's in the show and Jonathan Kreisel, they're brilliant yes. comedy people, brilliant writers, but it's just those little nuances that you cannot learn. They're just mm-hmm. so like, fuck, that's a person. That's a real person, you know? Like it's you did that. And yeah. so that's that part's not luck. You know, like that's, and I always like to think luck is the residue of good design. Mm, I heard that a long time ago and I thought that was, what's your best mom advice? You got a good one? Um, listen and listen. Breaking the I was just right in there. You know, yeah, he's been busy over here. He has been doing that to me since he was two years old. Oh my god! Uh, like always teasing me or getting one on me. You know. Yep. And um, and I just always laugh because I think it's hilarious when he does it. Or she just doesn't have the energy to, you know, be like, get <laughs> well, out of my is. face. Like, listen, was that the finish of it or? No, that was the start. Of yeah, it. I cut her off all the time. Okay, so we'll listen. Listen. No, listen to your child and try not to uh, just they they want to be heard and if they want advice, you can give the advice, but it just has to be not it's not always about you telling them what to do. You have to, it's you have to finesse it. You have to hear what they're saying and how much do they want feedback or do they want none? They just want to vent. So they just, you just, then you you just go, okay. Yeah. 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 Let them be heard and, and you know, and unconditionally love them. I mean, on my, I am so happy with my Twitter account. (laughs) Um, I love it. I love everybody on there. I swear. I feel, I follow everyone at, Nerdist mom. Oh. If anyone fall, I oh, well, tweeted. What is, what kind of I, I tweeted to you. Is well, it is. It is, it is great, except for the fact that you know now my mom. My mom realized that she could get back at me. Like if I tell a dirty joke, then she just starts saying the word vagina a lot on Twitter. Yeah, like oh. vagina, vagina, yeah, vagina. I go, vagina, I'm like, okay, vagina, I vagina, because it. it drives them crazy. So you know, and they love that interaction. But um, I call them my tweeps. I call them all my kids. And I follow everyone who follows me, and I communicate I with them. It's a, like enough. a full-time job. <laughs> My Twitter, <laughs> you know. You know what I'm I, doing right now? I'm following you. Following Damn me on Twitter. I gotta, well, you'll see me. I hate me. to do this during you'll the podcast. You'll see me because but... I follow you. But, but I see so much pain in so many of these people because they aren't accepted. 
by their parents. And I think to myself, how could any parent turn on their own child, especially a lot of them, it's about their sexuality, and that drives me over the brink. I mean, that child is your child. What difference does that make? You know, and it hurts me so much when people say, my parents don't accept me, I haven't seen them in years, we don't talk, I can't, I really, and I just say, I'm always here. You know, that drives me crazy too, because like, can't some, stand it. sometimes I'll be, can't. and I'll say to somebody, you know, my, somebody will say, my sister and I, you know, we grew up watching you, and we just love you, and I go, how is your sister, and she'll the woman will say, I haven't talked to her in seven years. And I go, what? Should we call her? Oh, I love and I do it. I always try to get them to call her. And I go, hey, this is Louie. I'm with Janet. Uh, she says, hi. I just wanted to say hi. And she said that you guys haven't talked for seven years. I, I hope you guys could talk. Oh, Here's your it. sister. I think if, if FX was ever willing to do this for the show... Because they they could to set up the shoot they could write it they could say it's a promo, but I think you as Christine should just bring people onto a live stream and just be like, what do you want to you know what do you want to who do we need to call? Yeah. And you just call people that they haven't spoken to in a long <laughs> I time. I love that idea. And you kind of moderate. That would be a great actual yes. That would be a, you mean like real people? Real people. Yeah. Come on, like that person. I've talked to my sister several years. Let's call her. I'll yeah. bet she's. Let's call her. Yeah. And then you are essentially. I love this. You essentially as Christine foster these people, you know, reconnecting and So you say as Louie, I'm really would be no good at it. <laughs> as long as that's no, the most negative interpretation you yeah. can say. No, uh, I'm just kidding. But but but, but as a, <laughs> as a live, you know, like as a as like a live stream thing. Yeah. Whether it's, it's a great you idea. or Christine. No, no, I didn't mean I I, I think you should <laughs> I, I think I think you would legitimately Help people in that yeah. way, and it'd be funny too. Like, and it'd you, be you funny, yeah. Funny. And it would be easier, and the, your instincts are right because it would be better as Christine, and not as Louis, because Christine's a, a character. A character. It, she's, she's a character. Yeah. yeah. And so it's so disarming it for a lot of reasons. Yeah. It's a character. You have yeah. a little bit of separation. She's a mom. She's got. You know. It's like, and, and, and yes, yes, yes. So I, yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Is there? Is there anything? Everything you ever wanted to say is in this book to your mom. Do you feel yes. like there's anything that you feel you feel closure on? I that? just wanted to sell better than the dad book. <laughs> better <laughs> does that make too. any sense? <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, I, I know it sounds petty and stupid, but I want my mom to be higher than 13 on the be- New York Times bestseller list. Okay, everyone, let's you know take it I mean? to number no, one. No, but I, I mean, honestly, that's... Is that the silliest thing? No, because you want her to have the win. Yeah, I want her to have the win because she she paid for it. I loved every page of this Do you think she felt like she, she probably felt like she had the win, right? I think she did. I think at the end, she lived longer than my dad. You took you her know, to London. You I, took her to Paris. I took her to the took White House. took her to House. Las Vegas. Oh, the White House. Even though I was a shit, but she well. she loved it. She loved it. And I was proud of that yeah. fact. And she loved my fame. I wish I would have appreciated my mom as much as she appreciated me. But that will never happen. That's really There's hard no to do. Way. No, I don't mean it in a no, bad way. No, I just I know, mean but it's not possible. I don't say it. I don't say it for any. I, you know, it's just there. It's not. Don't don't think I'm suffering from it. I know that. I'm not but, suffering no, from it. No, but it's not. I'm possible. in the moment of it. I know. I'm in the moment of it, and I just want people to know that they have the chance of a lifetime. 
if their mom's still around, to fix or attempt to, that they'll be able to say they did it. Right. You know? It's or really even, true. Or even someone with, with a dad who... Yeah, it doesn't they, matter. It doesn't or matter. a sister or, or, a, yeah, or a child. That, right. If you're... If you listen, oh, my God, listen, a child. If you're not things, fixing if it you with think, your child... If you think ignoring something fixes it, you're out of mm-hmm. your mind. Mm-mm. So... Anyways, what a wonderful well, this book honor is a blessing. to be able to be with it's you and your gift. mom. Yeah, I'm, and, I and loved every single page, every picture, every <laughs> fact, every. I could. I think I could recite it from cover to cover. I'm glad you liked I loved that. it. I mean, so it really much. meant a lot to me. And uh, I hope and, people really will. Andrew Postman, uh, you know, helped me with this book a lot. He's a great writer, and I'm a really good writer. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, an organized, but he really put it in and made me even work harder. And I really appreciate everything he did. So, hey, mom is the book. Let's make it. Let's 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 get it past thirteen on the bestseller Absolutely. list. Absolutely. And uh, and I and I'm always so delighted that we're still friends after all these years. And I I'm know. So excited for you and proud of you. And I'm Thank so you. happy to, you know, I, I I'm I'm happy that you are. Trying to make people aware. And I think you honor your mom very beautifully. Thank and you, I hope Chris. this mom over here knows that even though I'm a pain in the ass like 70% of the time, no, that not. I do so much love and appreciate you. I know that, honey. And, you, you show know, it every day. And, and, I, and I just can't thank you enough for, you know, all, just being cool and being supportive and, uh, you know, and, and showing me what I still feel like I have not been able to achieve myself yet, which is just that unconditional love. Maybe it's just a mom thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a mom thing. You know, well, I had someone, it from my dad. someone grows so in your body and you it's, just are, they're a part of you. Maybe that's just a mom thing. I don't know. I think you're right. No, it's parental. I think it's parental. You know, I, I, I receive that so much. Everyone says it changes you know? when you have a kid and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm at the. I'm having breakfast every morning, and people are bringing their kids in, and their kids are just kicking the bench. And I'm like, <laughs> these fucking parents. How do they not know? We're all sitting on the same bench, but they just, you know. And I guess just something happens, you know. But I do love the idea of like, yeah, you know, because I have friends who have kids, and they go, yeah, other other kids kind of drive me crazy, but I love my kids. I love my own kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah because you can't. I used to say to his dad. What if he is the ugliest baby in the world and we don't know it because when we look at him, God lets us only see how beautiful he is. Did you really say that? I swear to God, God, I never knew my right hand to God. That's so great, though. It's great. I said, and what if, and his dad said, no, but everyone's always saying, what a beautiful baby. I go, maybe they feel sorry for us. My mom thought I was going to be a little girl. Oh, I was convinced. I just knew it was a girl. I was going to be a Jennifer. Yes, I had the name. It was going to be a girl. Oh, it was the worst name. She was like Jennifer. She wanted to call me JJ. Oh, no. I liked it. (laughs) I liked it. And then um, when he was born and the doctor pulled him out, he said, well... He's a pointer, not a setter. Ah. And it took me a second. I was just like, Oh, he's so what? happy that he came up with that line. I'm so glad you, you, he probably delivered it 10 times. He probably delivered that line more times than he delivered babies. Right. Um, thanks for being on the podcast, Mom. It was Thank really great to so have you much. here. I, oh, my I'm God. So it's a dream come honored. true. I really, no, right me, away. I can't can I, even tell you. But can what I tell you when I found out I was going to get to do the Nerdist, you know what I thought immediately? 
I wonder if Chris will let me have his mom on. Oh, oh it was a, I thought it was and a great was, idea. And like, he lo- you embraced it. A lot it. of people said absolutely no. No, I love it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> but I, but I, after I asked that of you, I thought, well, I should ask other people. And no, there's no interest. Well, fuck them. So, no, I don't mean it in a bad way. I do. Fuck them. Okay. This is but, part of fuck you, Louie. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. Well, it, it was wonderful. It's a joy, really. So I, special. I feel like my mom orchestrated this, too. Oh, I do, too. Damn. She's I still do too. working it. Or it Zella. Is, it is crazy how many, how any moment in life you think about, like, what everything that had to happen... For this. To just condense into this singular singular moment yeah. is mind-blowing, all the things. So I'm glad you're happy. And uh, Thank you, Chris. You're a lovely, lovely Call me anytime. Being. Text me anytime. I love it. I Come c- hang out, Pasadena. All right. I'll do it, Mom. Are I you in town wait. most of the time or are you performing in Vegas? I'm in, I'm living, in Vegas. I live in Vegas. Yeah. So I'm not in town all the time. But when I am, I definitely will bug you guys. Where's your resident? You have a residency. Yeah, yeah in, uh, in no, I don't have a residency right now. You don't. No, I'm I I'm doing. Uh, you know, I had it for eleven years, and that's enough. Yeah, but you're but too- you know, if somebody offered me one, I would probably go okay. Because <laughs> comics love to be comics. I still love to be a comic. Yeah, it, I still know that there's another joke out there that is perfect. It's out there somewhere. I'm looking for it. I I really am looking for the perfect joke. Do you have any ideas about what it's about? It's a joke that sne- it would sneak up on you. You know, it's a joke that, um, you know, that would would sneak up on you. Regret, like, come in here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I'm that- sorry I did that. <laughs> oh, why oh, did I do that? Oh, oh, that was the old voice you used to do. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, That's so like you know, like the joke about the saying to the crowd, "Hey, do you think he knows he's that big?" Those are the jokes that mean the most to me, because yeah, because they they are they say it all for me. You know those kind of jokes. Or you know, I love jokes. I just love. I have to say, I just absolutely like the first joke I ever did about my dad was I was talking to somebody who was with their dad, and I go, "Your dad and you get along?" And they go, "Yeah." I go. Well, my dad, we never got along. I go, he never hit me, though. He just carried a gun. And, <laughs> and it got such a big different laugh than my fat jokes that I went, oh, my God, that's a good joke. And then I go, he never hit us. He just, uh, you know, and so I knew that I knew that there he never shot us. He just go. That's what it was. And I just knew right there that. That another thing was born. I knew it like opens a portal in you. Yeah. Where there's a whole bunch of jokes in there. So. Right. That's what we search for all the time. That that yes. fucking lost treasure room. Because you know there it's in it's there. It's in there somewhere. You're you like, know, if you would just be more unconditionally loving. That's the problem. You would find it. And yeah. if I would eat less. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you would just if you yeah, would just if I would completely forgive myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's well what, let that's me know when you do it and then I'll do it. The I'm, next working day. It. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. I adore Thank you. you. So Thank much. you so much for being here. Love you too, Mom. Thank you. Love you, honey. Love you know what, Katie? You. You're pretty fucking great too. Yeah, You're just sitting Katie. over there not getting any any love or adulation and I saw Katie, she was in I was keeping tabs on her. 
Yeah. She was she really enjoyed it, I think. The podcast, you know, like I'm that kind of person. One of these days I'm going to get her on this show. Yeah, I think you should. And you should talk you should get her on to talk about her mom sometime. Katie and I can talk about sports. Uh, oh. I'll be in the other room. Right, Katie? I'll be back for that one. <laughs> you can just do that one yourselves. Okay. All right, the end. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.